Hello and welcome to a special festive edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Commissioners for HMRC and Fisher. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 44. In this case that we are looking at this week involves tax law and in particular what happens when assets are transferred abroad. These proceedings centre around the Fisher family, which comprises the parents, Anne and Stephen, and their two children, Peter and Diane. Together, the family established a betting business, which from 1988 was run through a UK company called Stan James Limited. They all held shares in the company and acted as its directors. Things changed when it was decided that operations should be transferred to Gibraltar, where a significantly lower rate of betting duty was charged compared to the UK. The Fishers began by simply setting up a branch of the UK company in Gibraltar, and then incorporated a new company over there, Stan James Gibraltar. It was in the year 2000 that the big move finally happened. The Fishers decided to transfer the whole of the UK business, other than physical betting shops, to the Gibraltar company. The father signed on behalf of the UK company, while the son signed on behalf of the Gibraltar company. At this point, the taxman stepped in. HMRC looked to tax Stephen, Anne and Peter between the years 2000 and 2008 under section 739, of the Income and Corporation Taxes Act 1988. The daughter Diane was at that point no longer a UK resident. That provision, alongside the transfer of assets abroad code, sets out the circumstances in which an individual who transfers assets to a person overseas may be liable to pay tax on that income following the date of the transfer. With that in mind, HMRC deemed the profits of Stan James Gibraltar to be the income of the Fishers, in proportion to their shareholdings, and tax them accordingly for the years after the transfer. The Fishers disputed this and took the case to the first tier tribunal tax chamber. That tribunal found in favour of HMRC, but the Fishers won in the upper tribunal. HMRC were then successful in the Court of Appeal, and so the Fishers appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Now, the justices began by looking at the purpose of section 739, which they said is to prevent tax avoidance by ensuring that when a citizen transfers assets abroad, the individual still pays appropriate taxation if they still retain the, quote, power to enjoy, end quote, the income. Section 740 then extends this to also cover citizens who don't themselves carry out the transfer but still enjoy a benefit. As part of their argument, the Fishers relied on the 1980 case of Vesti to suggest that the taxpayer has to be the individual who transfers the assets. On the other hand, HMRC argued that this old case law should not be followed because the later Income and Corporation Taxes Act 1988 was substantively different to the regime that Vesti was decided under. Ultimately, the Supreme Court agreed with the Fishers and held that the application of Section 739 is limited to charging individuals who transfer assets abroad, as this is the most natural interpretation of the legislation. They note that the provision operates in quite a severe way on a taxpayer, 
and so it is not appropriate to apply it to someone who is not a transferor. The idea of a wider interpretation, as proposed by HMRC, is undermined by the definition of an individual in section 742, subsection 9, as well as the presence of section 740, which explores the liability of non-transferers. HMRC, though, also had a secondary argument such that even if the official transferor was the UK branch of Stan James, the Fishers should nevertheless be treated as the transferors because they owned the controlling interest in the UK company. However, the Supreme Court also rejected this submission as well. They held that section 739 does not apply in relation to an individual who is merely a shareholder of a company that makes a transfer. Their basis for this reasoning is that there is no structure within the legislation for providing such an assessment, and things like the Transfer of Assets Abroad Code do not offer any clues as to when an individual is said to be in control of a company. If the Supreme Court decided this case any differently, then there would be great uncertainty about what would happen in the case of multiple transferers. As such, the Fisher's appeal was successful. I think that this decision makes a lot of sense, and there will be many accountants breathing a sigh of relief after this judgement. When HMRC won in the Court of Appeal, there was a powerful dissenting judgement from Lord Justice Phillips that highlighted the illogical nature of the argument. He said, quote, If being part of a group of minority shareholders who vote in favour of a transaction is sufficient to render them all quasi-transferors, that must apply to thousands of shareholders in a PLC, as Mr Ewart, on behalf of HMRC, accepted in the course of argument. Indeed, it would even apply, potentially, to a shareholder who has given a proxy to the board of a PLC, which was proposing the effect of the transfer. End quote. Ultimately, the argument by HMRC would probably be fairer to the UK taxpayer, as it would have ensured that individuals are properly taxed even after their assets are moved abroad. That is certainly true of the Fishers, who continue to live in the UK, but enjoyed the fact that Stan James was based in Gibraltar from the year 2000 onwards. However, the practical difficulties and confusion that such a regime would cause was, in the end, just not worth it. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. All that's left for me to say is that if you celebrate, then I wish you a very Merry Christmas, and to everyone, I wish them a Happy New Year. I will be back with another episode soon. Bye!